and welcome to A Fresh Take, an investment week podcast where we speak to people from all walks of life about how they see the asset management sector. I'm Kathleen Gallagher, Features Editor at Investment Week. In this episode, we will be speaking to Araba Eshin, UK Head of Compliance at Gemini, and Divya Sharma, Invesco's EMEA Diversity and Inclusion Manager. They will be discussing the evolution of diversity in the industry, how cryptocurrency and fintech is playing a role, and what more regulators, product innovators, and the industry in general can do to boost diversity and inclusion. Hello, and welcome both. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, to start off, do you mind introducing yourselves? Araba, how about you go first? Hi, everyone. I'm Araba Eshen, and I am the Head of Compliance and MLRO at Gemini in the UK. Um, I've been at Gemini for just a little over a year now and started my career off in um, investment banking uh, ages ago now. Um, And I've previously worked in the asset management, um, derivatives and um, foreign exchange markets. I've Um, I transitioned to crypto compliance about five years ago and haven't looked back. It's been an amazing career change for me. Brilliant. Thank you. And Divya? Uh, Hi, I'm Divya Sharma and I oversee the DNI work for Invesco for the EMEA region. Um, I joined them about a year ago, but I started my career as an engineer in a bank. Uh, developing code and learning needs of the banking business. And I think that's where uh, the interest in business side of things kicked off for me. So I went on to do uh, a degree in finance and then began working with the capital markets regulator in India. I developed certifications for the investment management industry. And then I moved to the UK to work with the Chartered Financial Analyst Institute in a similar role. Um, In the last three years of my time at CF Institute, um, I got involved in diversity and inclusion work, where I engaged with, um, you know, a large number of asset owners, as well as asset managers in creating research for what uh, the industry best practice in DNI might look like and what were the uh, barriers that firms were facing in implementing DNI measures. I think that's where my interest in DNI peaked and I decided to pursue a career in a firm where I could get my hands dirty with the implementation of DNI policies and initiatives. Um, and that's the move to Invesco. Brilliant. Thank you. Some some very interesting journeys there. Um, Divya, you kind of mentioned some different um, industries and some different locations. How do you feel the, the UK asset management industry deals with um, diversity and inclusion issues and how that's kind of different from anything else you would have experienced or the same perhaps? Um, I think, uh, you know, the the differences apply to uh, the investment industry at large, uh, not only just in the UK, but it's probably a combination of some external and internal factors that might be slightly different from other industries. So I think the investment management industry is experiencing and has experienced in the last few years a lot of change. You know, we are becoming increasingly competitive. We've got margin pressures. A lot of technological disruption is taking place. And also, we're you know, competing with our peers on changing consumer preferences. So I think all of these have contributed to a shift in focus of firms from a revenue model to more on a people model as a key part of their strategy. I also think that we're dealing with very different kind of talent in today's times. uh, The millennial talent cares a lot about diversity and inclusion, and this is true globally as well. Um, So I think um, for a lot of 
uh, children graduating from top business schools, the financial industry is no longer the industry of choice as it used to be. And that's something that our industry has woken up to. I think the tech uh, firms have gained ground there. Um, we are witnessing a lot of regulatory change in the industry. I think diversity is now a big part of our regulators' agenda. So obviously the focus that firms have had on diversity and inclusion in the past has now required um, a bit of a shift. I think there are a couple of internal factors as well. Um, we've shifted the way we work within the financial sector, you know, from the age-old star portfolio manager model to a more team approach. So I think team dynamics, the culture within teams and the diversity of teams um, is now playing a key role in that respect as well. Um, I think one last bit that I'd like to point out is related to um, the importance of understanding diversity in overcoming groupthink. Uh, we've noticed and we've had several case studies where groupthink has led to downfall of companies and teams. So I think as behavioral finance continues to be an increasingly um, interesting topic for a lot of our peers, the, the focus on diversity and inclusion will continue to grow in our industry. Brilliant. Yeah, some really interesting um, thoughts there. We do kind of see the that um, very dramatic shift from star manager to team dynamics, I feel. Um, Araba, what about you from your experience? Do you kind of echo some of those feelings? Have you seen anything else? Yeah, I do echo some of that experience. Um, I do see that there's a shift in crypto. I think because we're such a young and nascent industry, we have the opportunity to um, make sure that diversity, equity and inclusion is encompassed in um, our industry from the outset. So I'd say one of the things that is often forgotten about in um, financial services is that diversity doesn't just encompass gender and race. We also have to think about disability and socioeconomic circumstances as well. And I think that the crypto industry offers lots of opportunities for that as well. Um, I think crypto's unencumbered by um, legacy and there are so many ways of recruiting and inspiring and also um, promoting diversity within our industry, um, maybe unlike asset management industries, um, the asset management industry even. Um, yeah, I just, I, I, I just see crypto as one of the industries and fintech more widely as making a real true change in the UK. So do you think the kind of pandemic, through the pandemic, we saw um, some situations where more people got interested um, in finance and trading and marketing? Um, and while there's positives and negatives to that, do you think it's important to have a more diverse client base for financial services as well? Yeah. So because of the pandemic and the fact that individuals weren't able to learn through water cooler discussions that you'd usually have in an office. Um, they've taken to the internet to learn more about financial markets. The 
the changes that fintech and crypto have brought about have made it possible for people to go to the likes of free trade and Gemini and trade on markets themselves. Um, they can do that through learning off of the internet using um, the Cryptopedia, which we offer that teaches you about um, crypto and other um, financial services matters, as well as um, there are a lot of other training materials there and you can use um, social media uh, apps to learn even more about um, financial services nowadays. So I think things are changing, which also brings in um, diverse audiences. I, at some point, during the pandemic was joining conversations on Clubhouse and um, you just hear lots of discussions about crypto and how to trade crypto and um, it was just open to everyone regardless of how much you could invest and it's, it's just been amazing the changes over the last two to three years have been amazing. Yeah, interesting. And so, Divya, from a kind of more traditional asset management um, point of view, does this kind of increased interest in markets uh, affect you guys at all? Does it maybe change who you're targeting or your audiences or anything? Yeah, I think like Araba mentioned, the pandemic has changed the way we you know, approach products and a client base. Um, a lot of focus is now being given to products that are designed for the clients that we are servicing. So, you know, investment strategies that suit the varied audience that people are now targeting at firms. So definitely, I think the, the fact that your client is not only demanding for, um, you know, good diversity, good culture within a company, but also our client base is now very varied and diverse in itself, um, has changed the focus of um, asset managers at large. Absolutely. And do you think there's any, do you think firms need to think about their products differently in light of that? Or it's the products are there, it's just kind of maybe more the marketing material? So that's a good question. I think uh, we're not yet at a stage where products are being designed, you know, to uniquely represent the vast client base that we serve. But I think the uh, we're headed in the right direction. The discussions and the conversations of the product teams based on, you know, feedback from clients and how they incorporate that feedback in designing products is definitely taking place. So I think slow and steady, we will uh, witness that change in the product offerings over and above marketing materials that exist presently. Interesting. Great. And so you kind of both have had some experience in financial regulation, obviously um, must work closely with the regulator in your current roles. Have you kind of seen um, maybe an evolution of the regulator over time? Uh, Divya, do you want to kind of kick us off? Sure. I think, yes, absolutely. With respect to diversity and inclusion, um, the regulator has a fantastic opportunity to become a partner and work with all stakeholders to drive change at the present moment. I think rather than being a traditional overseer, they can actually play a key role in coordination and standardization in the industry. Um, you know, just creating guidance for firms, for example, that will bring some sort of consistency around diversity and inclusion, where presently there is a big gap. 
Uh, I think we're already seeing this shift in role with the recent consultation papers that were launched by the FCA, PRA and Bank of England and the recent policy that um, the FCA released with respect to board diversity. So I think um, they're accounting for flexibility in these new policies and regulations, um, making it inclusive for smaller firms when reporting back to the regulators. So I think that's a great step in the right direction. Um, I think it's also about um, using existing regulatory framework and tools to drive um, you know, improvements within DNI forward. And the uh, regulator has acknowledged that. So rather than impose a fresh set of regulations, they are definitely looking to leverage their existing structures and create modifications in that um, that will allow firms to comply better with uh, diversity and inclusion requirements. Um, I also think that uh, one thing that the regulator will have to understand, much like firms, is that you know every firm is different, and they are at different stages of their DNI journey. Which means that you know one rule may not apply to all, um, and also that diversity and inclusion is a long-term exercise. So any targets, um, you know, that they set in or the progress that we make, um, will have to bear that in mind. And having said that, I think. Um, I'm definitely uh, against quotas of any kind. I don't think they serve the purpose and they reduce, um, you know, the way we vision diversity and inclusion to a very short-term numbers game. So I think we need to understand that um, bearing the size of the firms and where they are in their journey, that would have to um, be taken into account when the regulator considers uh, passing regulations in this space. Great, thank you. And you mentioned quotas there, and I know this is a kind of um, quite challenging area for a lot of people to get their heads around. Is there something that you would prefer to see or you think is a more useful tool? Um, I think allowing firms to set their own internal targets and uh, making sure that you know firms are being held accountable to what they're committing to will probably be um, a better role that the regulator can play. Um, I think they'll be able to create far more impact by allowing firms to you know, assess their own uh, position in this journey and set their own targets with respect to what they think they can accomplish rather than imposing upon um, everyone you know, as a blanket approach. These are the targets that we're looking to achieve as an industry. They're great to have. They set you know, people um, in the right direction but I don't think that they're suitable to all companies and all firms um, in the industry. I've just got a point on that, Divya. I think I, I totally agree with you. Um, they may not be quotas, et cetera, may not be great across for every firm, but I think without quotas, firms probably won't proactively um, make the changes that are required. Even if they don't meet those quotas annually, I, I feel like there has to be something in place. I know that there are a lot of charters out there that people can sign up to and will hold them accountable for the work that they're doing. But I just don't see without a regulator having some standards that companies have to meet sufficient change happening anytime soon. I think with the recent regulation where, um, you know, the regulator has allowed for the flexibility um, on like on a comply or explain basis for the goals that they've set out, I think that is a good way of measuring progress and success. Um, you know, having a fixed target for everyone in uh, the industry, I get your point, Araba, that, you know, it, it 
sets an aspirational goal for firms to uh, commit to, to comply with, to aspire to. But I also think that um, it's key to understand what the obstacles are for firms in making progress in the right direction. And that's more important rather than, you know, just having a fixated goal and then not being able to achieve it. Yeah, I I agree with that. I just, I, I feel like there's probably a lot more work to do in traditional financial services firms. I think there is, it's very easy to get ethnically um, diverse candidates in at lower levels, but the work is, is rarely done to make sure that they succeed into management positions. And I think it's the job of regulators like the FCA or Treasury or Bank of England or PRA to make sure that they put um, guidance in place that will help um, firms to do that. Very interesting points. Um, and Araba, I guess from um, more of a, I guess, cryptocurrency, um, financial technology perspective, how do you think the regulator is taking the role there? It's kind of, you know, it's a it's an evolving situation, obviously. <laughs> um, they, I, I mean, I appreciate the approach that's being taken at the moment. It's very um, consultative. Um, and I'd say, by consultative <laughs> and I'd say um, in relation to crypto they they're really engaging with us I mean there have been a slew of um, consultation papers and discussion papers at the moment the um, crypto sprint is taking place um, I just think that we need to make sure that the overall regulatory umbrella for crypto is appropriate for the UK. Um, as such a leading financial services market, there's there's a high likelihood that whatever the FCA, HMT implement will be copied globally. Um, so I, I appreciate the approach that's been taken now. Absolutely. Quite a lot at stake um, from, from both perspectives of what we were discussing. Um, so I guess to, to finish off, I'm interested in what you guys think is the, the most impactful thing the industry can do as a whole to boost diversity and inclusion. Um, Araba, what do you think? I think it comes in from your hiring pipeline. Um, in general, I think that when a recruitment team is going out to the market, they need to do a lot more to get rid of people's biases. The like, I mean, we all go into meeting people socially, having biases. We like being around people who look like us. Um, so I think that some great work is done at Gemini, but widely across the industry, that has to happen a lot more. And I think managers need to be taught about training and how to ensure that their diverse candidates, whether that be uh, from a lower socioeconomical um, background or someone who has a disability, et cetera, um, has the same opportunities that um, their counterparts that probably will be looked to for 
um, promotion had have. Um, and I just, I think that in general, the UK, London is great at, um, at bringing in diverse talent. And we just need to really foster that just to make sure that in the future, when we look back at industries, not just crypto, but the wider financial um, services industry, um, we see that every part of society is reflected in senior management and in boards, whether that be for a PLC or a private company. Yeah, absolutely. And you do kind of, you know, there's this um, perception about what the industries can be as well. For instance, I think for crypto, people always talk about the the crypto bros and things like that. And so I suppose making sure that people um, are coming through the pipeline to, to shift that kind of perception. Um, and Divya, what about you? What do you think the industry should be doing? So I think just building on what Arva just mentioned with respect to diverse talent, I think uh, building strong and inclusive cultures is probably going to be the key to long-term success. I think to improve, we need to understand where we are presently. So for example, all firms now have a focus on collecting uh, demographic data for their employees so that they can build a correct picture of who they are. And I think that's a key um, you know, it's that's where we should start from building trust with employees and developing a culture that's based on common values, I think will help you attract the right talent, um, you can nurture them, and then you can retain them by offering them a career path that will be appealing to them as well. And this will automatically lead to a shift in diversity numbers. So we'll move away from the numbers game, you know, to a more cohesive, coherent culture building exercise. So I think in a nutshell, don't focus short term um, on the optics of your company and work rather on, you know, building or correcting processes and policies that you have in place um, so that you create a company culture that will attract the talent um, that you're looking for, as well as the customer base that you need. Absolutely. Lots to do. Um, well, all that's left is for me to thank you so much for, for your time. And um, I guess we'll, we'll wait and see how the industry evolves. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.